The Film Guide with Howard Linsky, part of the St Albans podcast with Danny Smith. Welcome to another edition of the St Albans Film Guide, uh, this time around with uh, with your friend and mine, the intrepid, the most excellent um, local author extraordinaire that is Howard Linsky. Hello, Howard. <laughs> Hello, mate. How are you doing? I was wondering what you're going to add. Yeah. I feel- you add something to it each time and I'm, oh yes, I'm deeply flattered. Yeah, I'm, run- I'm running out, so we might have to drop you. Yeah, you're running out of superlatives, so I'll be gone soon. <laughs> No, I'll just go back to the beginning, start over. But anyway, uh, what we're going to do uh, on the film guide, as we do most weeks, we're going to look at um, Howard's choice this this time around. We'll look at Howard's choice of films on free-to-air TV for the week ahead. Uh, we'll also look at a film that Howard has deemed too good to be forgotten. Uh, before that, we'll look at uh, new releases on the streaming services, and before that, new releases in the cinema. And that's where we are starting right now with Minions 2, The Rise of Guru. That's the one. Yeah, this is an origin story. I think they call it that in the Marvel universe, don't they? Yeah. And others. So yeah, they've they're, they're uh, a cynic could suggest they're milking the franchise. It's been around for about twelve years, ever since Despicable Me. So this is one for kids or those who are childish at heart. And I don't knock you for that, or, or not, not, not you personally, Danny, but anyone out there who would like to see the rise of Gru. This one's set in the nineteen seventies, and it features a twelve-year-old Gru. Um, he's got hair and everything, and he's grown up in the suburbs. He's a big fanboy of a team of supervillains known as the Vicious Six, so he hatches a plan to become evil enough to join them. Uh, when they oust their leader, who's a legendary fighter called Wild Knuckles, Gru interviews to become their newest member. Unsurprisingly, it does not go well, which then sets up the, uh, the plot. He steals a precious stone from them with the help of the minions, Kevin, Stewart, Bob and Otto, and they go on the run and they go to an unlikely source for guidance, Wild Knuckles himself, the deposed leader. So even bad guys need a little help from their friends, apparently. There you go. So it looks fun, but, you know, it's... I guess it's a bit more... Well, it's a bit repetitive, in a sense. You know, you look at the trailer, it could be from the the previous movie, but the minions are fun, I suppose. And uh, if you have a a kid to entertain, it might be a good choice in the summer. It is interesting, as well, that the the minions were not really the stars of the thing that they have become the stars of. They are the spin-off characters, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. yet they seem to be the most popular thing from that whole franchise. Uh, and uh, this is the second spin-off movie. I, I would imagine there's some resentment there from Gru. You know, he was he was the star. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, maybe he insisted that the film was called The Rise of Gru, and not just Minions 2. Might, might have been in, in his contract, or he wasn't going to appear, and they'd have to recast or something. Exactly, yeah. Anyway, um, there's some great voices in there as well. Uh, Steve Carell is doing Gru once He's again. He's back, yeah. Uh, and then there's also um, Alan Arkin is Wild Knuckles. Um, Michelle Yeoh, uh, Julie Andrews, Russell Brand, Jean-Claude Van Damme, and Dolph Lundgren, amongst others. I really hope Julie Andrews is playing a gangster, or, you know, or possibly even a minion. That would be good. Gru's mum. Gru's mum. Ah, oh, damn. Yeah, know, but, but just... she could be a gangster. She could be, actually. I suppose thinking yeah. about it. Yeah, yeah. It, it could happen. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so some some great um, some great uh, some casting. great checks cashed there by the cast <laughs> <laughs> for, for an afternoon's work. I, listen, I would do it. Not only that, I'm available. So you know, if anybody wants to pay me a large amount of money to voice a minion. I'll, uh, I'll happily turn up. I'll yeah. do it for 50 quid less than Steve Carell, if that helps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. me too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, There you go. Give us a call. So that that's the main film uh, that's out uh, on uh, Friday, the 1st of July. But um, there is one other that we're going to talk about as well. Yeah, yeah, I thought this was quite interesting, mainly because, well, it's a documentary, actually, not a movie, but it is made by the guys who did the superlative Man on Wire, about the guy who did the um, high-rise, high, you know, the walk across the Twin Towers on a, um, on a wire. And they also made Sugarman, which is an equally well-acclaimed do- documentary. This one is The Princess, and it is the story of Princess Diana told exclusively 
through archive footage, as they refer to it as contemporaneous archive footage. I wouldn't be able to say that after three pints, but uh, (laughs) can manage it sober. But yeah, I thought it was pretty interesting. Uh, The theme really was just, if you can take someone modern and you put them in an archaic institution like the royal family are they you know necessarily going to be doomed from the off and that's kind of one of the themes of the of the documentary by the look of it and i thought it was quite looked quite fascinating okay yeah that's uh, that's the princess uh, all about uh, princess diana told um through uh, so we all told through contemporaneous archives see it's difficult isn't it it is even sober yeah um <laughs> uh, now um if you want to read maybe about uh, about her maybe find out more from uh, the perspective of perhaps uh, one of her security maybe yeah yeah i mean uh, who who better to talk about the princess than the bodyguard her bodyguard um uh, in a brilliantly ghostwritten memoir uh, by uh, Lee Sanson, helped by Howard Linsky. Uh, that comes what, out in highly September. Highly acclaimed local author. Highly acclaimed local author Howard Linsky. Yeah. So, um, all, all joshing aside, I, I had a great time writing this book with Lee because he was Princess Diana's bodyguard, no, uh, most famously when she had that uh, very well-known holiday in Saint Tropez um, a month before that terrible car crash in Paris. But she was hounded by the press out there when she was out there with Dodie. Um, Dodie fired, and uh, you know he he confirmed to me that they were going to head to the US. So that's one of those stories that keeps reappearing and some people say, ah, yes, they were going to going to uproot and go to America together. And other people say, rubbish, they weren't really in love. They were never going uh, to go there. But he was asked if he would go with them by his boss. So it wasn't just him kind of making this up. He was asked, would he go and protect the princess out there? And he was planning to. But obviously everything changed with that terrible crash 25 years ago. There yeah, you go. I know. Sh- shocking stuff. And, mm, and was, yeah. something that, yeah, is still... Still resonates with it does. people, doesn't it? If it, you're it, of a certain age, you'll remember. You this. remember where you were when you heard it as well, yeah. which is it's like the Kennedy assassination or right. the Twin Towers. You know the big, big stories. So the book's called The Bodyguard. It is. Yeah. And when does it come out? September. Okay. Know, September. Thank well, you. undoubtedly, we will probably mention that again at some point. Thank you, matey. Hi, I'm Matt Adams, the heart of the Hearts Advertiser for over ten years. Join me and host Danny Smith for St Albans Podcast. A weekly look at the news, views and reviews of the city and district of St Albans. As well as our delve into the local stories that matter, we regularly cover topics including health, food and drink, legal matters, the theatre scene and mental health. Alongside our regular features, we talk to people from our wonderful community, sharing some of the amazing work they do. Episodes are released every Wednesday at 7pm and you can find us by going to your podcast platform of choice and searching for the St Albans Podcast. Find out more at stalbanspodcast.com. Time to look at uh, new releases on the streaming services of original movies. And there's just one we're going to tell you about this time round, And it's on Netflix. It comes out on the 1st of July. And it is A Day to Die. Yes, it does sound a bit like uh, a Bond film title that was discarded um, you know, in the uh, in the original meeting. But it's actually an American heist movie uh, written and directed and produced by the multi-talented Wes Miller, who did all three. Uh, stars Kevin Dillon. Bruce Willis is in it. Uh, and other names featuring Gianni Capaldi, Brooke Butler, Leon, and Frank Grillo. And it features a guy called Connor Connolly, who's a disgraced parole officer, who becomes indebted to a local drug kingpin after he killed one of the latter's young enforcers. Um, In return, or revenge for this, his pregnant wife Candice is abducted, and Connor um, forced to pull off a series of dangerous drug heists. He has 12 hours to make $2 million dollars. 
frankly, if I could make $2 million in 12 hours, I'd be up for it, whatever it entailed. But there you go. Yeah. Anyway. I'm, I'm in. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm glad you are because Connor recruits his old teammates to conduct the heists with him. So I'm already thinking, you know, you and I, we could we could pull this off easily. Oh, yeah. yeah. Easily. Um, they have to conduct the heists, steal the money, rescue his kidnapped pregnant wife. And along the way, they have to settle a score with the city's corrupt police chief who double-crossed them years ago. And as that guy's played by Bruce Willis, expect snappy one-liners and uh, amusing dialogue and lots of action. Yeah, okay. Well, it sounds... It sounds. Um, yeah. Uh, Riveting. Is that the word you're looking for? <laughs> a Saturday night movie. Uh, maybe. Uh, so so if, you're not, if you're thinking Kevin Dillon, I've kind of heard the name, he's the less famous brother of Matt Dillon. He is. Although he yeah. was in Platoon... Yeah, and I remember was, him in Platoon. And actually. then also he was one of the main characters <clears throat> in Entourage, which is a very acclaimed TV oh, yeah. series. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's him. He's the I think he's the older brother who's less famous um, than Matt Dillon. The one you get when you can't afford Matt. Yeah. You know, <laughs> when you when you ring up the agent and you go, is Matt available? Yes, and here's how much he'll cost you. What about his brother? Yeah, yeah. You know, what can I get for this yeah, much? He yeah. said, you can have a brother. <clears throat> you can have a brother for that, yeah. Anyway, so, a, a day to die, not in any way designed to confuse people who are looking no. for no time to die. Exactly. No, not at all. Um, that's a day to die die and that is on netflix from the 1st of july the film guide with howard linsky part of the st albans podcast with danny smith time now for another movie that the acclaimed local author highly very very highly i'm so glad you added highly there because i thought you'd forgotten no i had momentarily but the acclaimed (laughs) author uh, howard linsky has chosen this film he says it is too good to be forgotten it is called tumble down Yes. Now, do you know this one? I always I don't ask you think that. I, don't. Do. I see it's forgotten, and it's too good to be forgotten. To be fair to you, it is a uh, quite an old one. Um, it goes back to 1988, and it was originally screened as a BBC TV drama film. It's called Tumble Down, and the reason I chose it was because there's been a lot of um, obviously um, coverage of the anniversary of the Falklands War, 40 years from the Falklands War. So this one. Um, was uh, it caused a lot of controversy when it came out originally back in '88, for the way the army and the aftermath of what happened was depicted. Um, it stars a young Colin Firth in the title role of Robert Lawrence MC, who's a real person. Um, he was an officer in the Scots Guards during the Falklands War, and while he was fighting at the Battle of Mount Tumbledown, he was shot in the head by an Argentine sniper, um, and he lost 42% of his brain. So nobody thought that he was going to survive. He was left there for hours on the battlefield. And when they finally were able to collect him there, um, he was left for further hours at the back of the queue to be treated because people thought his injuries were so severe there was no chance he was going to survive. But survive he did. Um, He was paralysed all down his left side initially and told that he would never walk again. Um, But he does get around. uh, and Once he's fully recovered these days, but he he certainly recovered far beyond their expectations. But the, the interesting thing about the movie is it shows what happened to him afterwards and back then when the Falklands war ended there were big you know uh, mass celebrations you know ships coming back soldiers being uh, cheered from the rafters by everybody everybody delighted to see everyone but for the wounded it was a different story they tended to get put to one side and forgotten about and he had to adjust to his disability um, the fact that he had to come out of the army because he couldn't do that anymore obviously he was uh, not fit to be able to soldier anymore physically um, and the other thing, the interesting thing about it is they don't uh, sugarcoat what he's like as an individual. He, I think of his own um, admission, he's quite a difficult chap. He's quite arrogant and quite combative, even before he had the difficulties he had to contain with. So he's quite a controversial guy. 
Um, and it caused a big stink at the time. But, you know, it's worth grabbing on a DVD. You can watch it online. Uh, you can even see it on YouTube. It's on there. And it's a very good movie, and it shows the reality of war. Okay. Um, it got nominated for a load of BAFTAs. It uh, did. And uh, it won three of them. Um, it won uh, Best Makeup, Best Cameraman, and Best Single Drama. Uh, but uh, Colin Firth, who stars in this, uh, was up for Best Actor at the BAFTA TV Awards as well. So it, it was very um, well regarded at the time it came out. But yeah, I'm, I'm completely unfamiliar with it. Yeah, it's it's well worth checking out. And uh, I think Colin Firth's very good, always has been. Um, but when you look back at some of his roles when he's a young man, he was you could see the talent was there already. And he, he plays the part very, very well. I think he just has that slightly arrogant, posh guy role down to a T. So being able to play... Um, uh, a somewhat entitled um, officer of the Scots Guards, uh, and seeing him down on his well, down on his look, I suppose, is one way of describing it. After being shot in the head, uh, you know, he's very, very good in the role. And uh, yeah, check it out; it's well worth watching, and and is definitely too good to be forgotten. Hi, I'm Elspeth Jackman, inviting you to listen to my podcast One to One with Elspeth. Find a local person with a story, and I'll be there to draw out all those little details you want to know about. If I'm fascinated, so will you be. Each week I'll be talking to an interesting character who has a tale to tell. And the beauty of it is you can listen whenever you want to. To find the podcast, go to your podcasting platform of choice and search for The St Albans Podcast. Alternatively, go to stalbanspodcast.com slash Elspeth. That's One to One with Elspeth, part of the St. Albans podcast in association with the Hearts Advertiser. You never know, you could be my next guest. We've reached the final part of this show where we look at Howard Linsky, the highly, accla- the very highly, very highly acclaimed local author, thank you, thank you. Uh, who's got a book called Bodyguard, The Bodyguard, that's coming out later yeah. this year. Did I mention that? Uh, uh, you might I, have done. I may have done. Yeah, yeah, and also his other books are still available as well. Check out the works if you want to find Indeed. them. Yes, um, and other places. They've got their own special book. It. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's five for a quid as well. Yeah, so exactly. you know, five for a quid. Yeah. Get there while you can. Six for fifty p. Yeah, quick. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, um, Howard Linsky's here with us. And this is where we look at Howard's choice of the best films to watch on free-to-air TV for the week ahead. He's gone through the TV listings guide, so you don't have to. And we're starting off with Friday the 1st of July, 9pm on BBC Three, Election. Yes, that's, that's from 1999, um, starring Matthew Broderick, a grown-up Ferris Bueller by this stage. Um, and, but he's back in high school, but he plays Jim McAllister, who's a popular high school social studies teacher. And Reese Witherspoon, who is probably about the right age to play the part plays um, a student called Tracy Flick, who is an overachiever and manages to wind up Jim McAllister, Matthew Broderick. Uh, He really doesn't like her. And then she decides to run for student government president, which is kind of thing that we don't normally bother with over here. But give us a year or two. You know, we tend to copy everything America does, don't we? So we shall see. But she stands for student body election. And it's a satire on politics in general, but also high school life. And something occurs where other people are encouraged to stand against Tracy. And Jim Jim McAllister, the teacher, decides to sabotage her candidacy. Candidacy. I can't pronounce that either, and I'm stone cold sober, I promise. So you claim. Yes, I do. Well, I would claim that, wouldn't I? But um, yes, uh, he backs a rival candidate and he tampers with the ballot count. So he crosses over to the dark side. He also contemplates an affair with one of his wife's friends, which is, I mean, what could possibly go wrong there? But yeah, it's sort of a, a kind of a comedy, but there's also a bit of 
social um, commentary on it, I suppose, and it's a, it's watchable because the two stars are very good. Um, and yeah, I, this one I, I remember watching it years ago. I think well, probably when it first came out because I'm ancient, and uh, thinking yeah, it was pretty good. So I, I plucked that one from uh, BBC Three at nine p.m. Okay, I, I was um, what what caught me on this one was the director of it, Alexander Payne, who has gone on to direct some really interesting films. Uh, he did uh, Nebraska. That uh, that uh, get a lot of uh, award attention when that came out, and also the Descendants with George Clooney that, that was nominated oh, yes, for I remember that awards. One. Yeah, and he did one called Sideways, um, which was a couple of years after election, and that one I think got nominated for all sorts of awards as well. Mm. Um, and in fact, I think did the actor win the Oscar? Maybe was the Sideways Paul? one about the one about the wine? Yeah, uh, and the guy who goes on tour at the wi- the wineries yeah, and that's uh, it. California's has a meltdown about no, I'd never drink Merlot. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, I remember that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. he directed that one as well. Um, so yeah, he's, uh, he's 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 done quite a few good films. And looking at his list of of, th- there's a piece here that I'm looking at that says about like his four greatest films. Election is one of them. Oh, there you are. Yeah, uh, I was just thinking about the one you mentioned, Sideways. That was the first time I ever saw Sandra Oh in anything. And she's gone on to be quite big. Oh yeah, yes, I think she was in that. Yeah, yeah, and ki- From yeah she Killing was. Eve. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's uh, that's Election. That's nine p.m. BBC Three on Friday the first of July. We move to Saturday the 2nd of July at 10.50pm on ITV, Collateral. I'm guessing you've seen this one. Um, oh, directed yeah. by Michael Mann, uh, famously directed um, Heat and uh, The Last of the Mohicans, amongst others. Miami so, Vice. And, and Miami Vice, yeah. So um, this is uh, it's described as an action thriller. It's got Tom Cruise in it. Uh, whatever you would say about Tom Cruise, he knows how to pick a movie to be in, doesn't he? Well, would you, you say know? this was an action film? In well, it's it's a character-based action film in a sense. There's lots of character work between Tom Cruise and Jamie Fox, and he, Jamie Fox plays um, a cab driver who's, uh, I, let's be honest, rather absurdly hired by a hitman to drive to various venues while the hitman carries out the tasks yeah. he has to do. That wouldn't be very hard to investigate, but like you know, suspend your belief and, and then enjoy the movie mm. because there is action between each. Segment in each segment. Oh, yes, I mean, I know that I mean. there are there are bursts of action in the movie. But, yeah, but you see, I would have, I wouldn't have, if I were them, I wouldn't have led with it being an act because an action yes. film. I'd imagine, yeah. you know, lots of machine guns. Oh, that's and, true. You're right. You know, it, it's more of a thriller than an action. Yeah, I would have said so, this is yeah. a taut thriller. Yeah. Yes, you're right. And um, you know, as I said, the, the premise is pretty daft because if you were investigating who's been killing these people. Um, you know, you could. It wouldn't be long before you realised there was a reg plate outside that uh, mm. is always the same. But, but suspending that. Jamie Foxx needs the money. He's a good guy. Tom Cruise is clearly a bad guy, but a bad good guy or a good bad guy, depending on your But outlook. also, doesn't he have some kind of hold over him that, that makes him do the taxi driving? Because cause you'd sort of think, surely when he runs into the first Isn't place and he start, you hear all the gunshots, well, you drive I, off. Right. I'll confess I haven't seen it in ages, probably since 2004, but I do believe part of the plot is he's saving up to be a limo driver, isn't he? And he wants the money. Right. So I don't know if that is the hold that he's doing this so he can raise the money for his own car to start this limo business up and and uh, you know improve life but one of the things that really stood out for me in this movie though was tom cruise because this is very much against type yeah he's he's the baddie in this one as a baddie kind of kind of rooting for to a degree he's a very charismatic bad guy yeah he is yeah he's good in this one and the supporting cast is very good i mean i 
I, uh, there were so many I jotted them down. So Mark Ruffalo, who's mm. generally always good. Peter Berg. You don't want to see when he's angry. Mark no, Ruffalo. that's true. Yeah. You don't. You really don't. Yeah. Javier Bardem. See, now I, I misread your notes here. I thought that said big Javier Bardem. I thought, was that how oh, he Oh, Peter Berg, Javier Bardem, as yeah. opposed to big Javier Bardem. Yeah, yeah. yeah I didn't. Yeah. I glanced at it and I thought, is that what he used to be known as? And then, yeah, to his mates. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Big Hav. And Jada Pinkett Smith is in it as well. Oh, so there we are. Don't say anything about her. Yeah, I wouldn't dare say anything no. bad about No, I'll take my angry mouth elsewhere and not say anything bad about her at all <laughs> i'm looking nervously at the door to see if anyone's about to burst in and slap uh, me that, that's not the smith you got to worry about mate that's true yes but um yeah so she's brilliant jada yeah 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 no yeah. I've, I've seen her a few yeah. different things yeah. and i think she's a very good actress yeah good um, good so no yeah. one's going to burst in and hit us that's good no Excellent. uh and peter yeah. berg more probably more uh, better known these days for, for a director he, he is yes but he was the star yeah. of um chicago hope wasn't he which was the the, the sort of the uh, yeah and he, he rival to the he created and directed Friday Night Lights, which ran on for quite a number of years. And I always remember him being in the... I think he was in uh, one of the three main characters in The Last Seduction. He was very good in that. He's the naive guy that um, is befriended by the femme fatale in Last Seduction, which is one that we both raved about in the past. You know, yeah. Very good. Another two good to be forgotten. We'll have to drag oh, that out one year. No, he's, um, he's done some great things. Uh, yeah, yeah. Peter Berg. Uh, yeah, uh, The Kingdom, which was a cracking movie as well, um, that was with... Oh, now I'm trying to remember who was in it. Um, Jamie Foxx and Jennifer Garner. Yeah, I don't think I've seen that one. Oh, you'd love it. I do it. know of it, but I must track that one down. Sort there. of a war film, um, ah. so you'd like it. Oh, well, you know, yeah. it's got the word war in it. I'm yeah. there. Yeah. You know. um, but then, <clears throat> yeah, it's The Kingdom. Uh, but then he also did um, Battleship with Rihanna. So, you know, kind oh, of everything. Okay, yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, yes, uh, that's uh, the film uh, Collateral, which is 10.50pm ITV on Saturday the 2nd of July. Uh, let's move to Sunday, the 3rd of July, and we have 9pm on BBC Two. Oh, it's a war film. Oh, it's a war film. Like Kelsey Breeze, yeah. yeah well, now and again, you know. To, to be, to, in my defence, it's a very good war okay. film. It's Dunkirk from 2017. So I try not to pick war films every night, but this one, I thought, no, I've got to get this one in. Um, written, directed and produced by a chap called Christopher Nolan, who, uh, you know, looks Never like he's got it. a glittering career ahead of him, but, uh, you know, doing doing rather well at featuring what happened when... There was the huge evacuation in World War Two from Dunkirk. Uh, I, the word Dunkirk spirit was used in the press just the other day, and it, it keeps reappearing, doesn't it? It's something that we always, um, you know, wheel out to describe anybody who can stand up to adversity. So it's become a byword in our language. But anyway, they show the actual evacuation, the real Dunkirk spirit, through the perspectives of land, sea, and air. And Nolan really, I mean, it must have been a labour of love. He's, he's absolutely nailed the description and depiction of what occurred on on those days on those fateful days when uh, 330,000 troops in total were evacuated um, at the beginning they thought they'd only get 30 out 30,000 and they got 330 um, cast wise cranky you could read there's a whole bunch of them but you could read uh, some pretty famous names including Harry Styles as Alex but you've also got uh, more seasoned actors um, Chillian Murphy um, Kenneth Branagh's in it uh, isn't he in every uh, British uh, movie. Olivia you know, Coleman, is she in there? Uh, funny enough, not playing his wife in this one, you know, <laughs> but usually she would be. Um, James Darcy's in it. Uh, Mark Rylance, who's always excellent. We've always sung his praises, haven't we? Mm. Uh, and Tom Hardy. And I didn't I don't know if you realised, but I recognise his voice almost instantly. Tom Hardy at the beginning is in a Spitfire flying across the English Channel to try and take on the Luftwaffe, the might of the Luftwaffe. And his wing commander who is never seen, because it would be a little bit inaccurate, uh, you only ever hear his voice on the radio, is Michael Caine. 
Oh, okay. Unbilled in the movie. Not a lot of people know that. Not a lot of people know that, yeah, exactly. But I thought, as soon as I heard his voice, I thought, that's Michael Caine. And of course, we know Christopher Nolan uses Michael Caine. Oh, in most his, of his movies. Yeah, yeah, it's almost like a permanent presence there. Yeah. A little bookmark to know that okay. it's a Christopher Nolan movie. What did you make of Harry Styles in this? Because I, <clears> I heard that he did rather well. He did. And I t- <clears throat> what's interesting is, you know, even though I've got a daughter of the kind of age in theory who should care about boy bands, she didn't. So I wasn't really aware of who he was. I mean, I knew if someone had said to me, have you heard of Harry Styles? I'd have said, yes, I've heard of him. <clears throat> I didn't know. I went to see this at the cinema. Um, because it was a war movie, I was on my own. So wife and daughter didn't come. And I didn't have a clue who he was. So it was only afterwards I found out that, oh, is that the bloke who was in the that, that popular band that young people like? You know, <laughs> singing away. So he was clearly pretty good in it. Um, because on the very fact that I didn't go, who's that ruining this movie? Yeah. So he was good in it, yeah. Okay. They were all very good. I mean, the young cast that played, you know, they, they were cast in a way quite well because the ones who were playing, the soldiers who were trying to evacuate were age appropriate. They weren't thirty-two year olds or thirty-five year olds, you know, playing those parts. So he was he was good in it. Okay, um, and and Harry Styles uh, does seem to be having um, uh, something of a, a film career of late. He was in the yeah. Eternals movie last year. Uh, he's got there's something else I saw recently advertised. I think it was called Don't Worry. Do you know, Darling. I forgot he was in the Eternals. But um, yes, the don't, you're right about the it's something like Don't Worry, Darling, isn't it? Yeah, about yes. a dystopian. Um, that's it. Don't worry, darling. Community. Directed by Olivia Wilde and um, st- starring Olivia Wilde, Chris Pine, Florence Pugh, and I was going to say Stars. Florence Pugh's in that. She's yeah. really good. Um, so, yeah, and and Gemma Chan from the Eternals is in that as well. Oh, okay. All links together. Um, anyway, they that, almost have the same agent. He's very persuasive, but they are all very good, so <laughs> yeah. it's fine. So that's Dunkirk, nine pm, <coughs> BBC Two, Saturday the second of July. Su- Actually, sorry, it's Saturday, my mistake. It's Sunday, Sunday the third, and I accidentally left it as Sunday the second. Yeah. So I'll stand in a corner and Su- do penance Sunday the third of July, nine pm, right. BBC Two, yeah. Dunkirk. Uh, let's move to, now. Obviously, that's also going to be his film in a week, but he'll confirm that later. Um, <laughs> I might surprise you. Yeah, you by might going for election. Yeah, you, know, you might. Uh, uh, anyway, Monday the 4th of July, 1am, uh, so technically into the wee small hours yeah. of Tuesday morning, so very late Monday night. It's an overnighter. Um, yeah, we have, uh, now, I saw this in the cinema. Yeah, me too. I, um, I honestly can't be that long ago, but it is like it's 28 years. 28 years ago. <gasps> this is Sirens, and it's on yeah. great movies. So this is a good one. It's funny, and it's quite an interesting idea um, behind it. And it's of an era where Hugh Grant still played really well, the bumbling English eccentric before he was kind of dropped into a whole bunch of rom-coms following Four Weddings and a Funeral. Well, so I've got a feeling I, this was, was still this the same year then. as Four Weddings and a Funeral? I think it was within a year, 94, 95 maybe, Four Weddings. I have a, yeah. I have a feeling that this was made before Four Weddings, yeah, but because delayed. of the success, yeah. it was released or re-released afterwards. Very sensibly so. And he did a few movies around this period. Where Four he was Weddings very, very was good. 1994. Ah, okay, bang on. There you go. But yes, I do remember it probably got a lot of people coming to see it for that. Also and the possibly, poster of a naked L. McPherson. Yes, I was going to say L. the body McPherson being in it probably didn't uh, put off too many in the audience there, you know, certainly not the men. But uh, it's an interesting story because it's not just conjured from nothing. It features a real-life Australian artist called Norman Lindsay, who was a painter who caused a lot of controversy in Australia. So the movie's set there. And what happens is Hugh Grant plays a uh, clergyman married to Tara Fitzgerald, who's also excellent, by the way, and did loads of good movies in the 90s. Sam Neill plays Norman Lindsay, and they both go to see him. They're tasked with kind of stopping him from writing blasphemous and uh, overly erotic paintings, and they're trying to persuade him otherwise. But of course, once they get there, 
he, he pretty much ignores them. He allows them to stay. He has these three women who he paints. They're the sirens, you know, based on the Greek mythology, but they're real people. Um, and it's the interaction between Hugh Grant, Tara Fitzgerald, Sam Neill, and these particular models that makes the movie funny, charming, you know, vaguely erotic, dare I venture. You know, it's a very good, fun movie and uh, well worth a watch. Okay, that's uh, Sirens, one you may not have uh, come across before, but it is is being highly recommended by our very own Howard Linsky, and that's on uh, 1 a.m. on Great Movies. Uh, that's uh, very, very late at night on Monday the 4th of July. We move to Tuesday the 5th of July, and we have uh, on uh, Film 4 at 6.15 p.m., the Martian. The Martian, yes. I, I'd forgotten this one was directed by Ridley Scott. I always think of it as just that, that you remember Matt Damon's performance of the lead role so much that you, well, personally I do, almost forget the supporting cast and the director because it's a movie that he really um, dominates. He plays an astronaut who gets left behind on Mars where the, the rest of the crew on this particular voyage think he's dead and then they realise he's not and they're you know halfway back to Earth when they realise so they have to potentially turn around and come and get him again but he has to survive for a very long period of time <clears throat> on a planet that you can't theoretically survive on um, but what is interesting about the story and why it became a big book followed by a big movie is that he sciences the hell out of it I don't think that's quite the word he uses but um, you know he learns how to grow things and how to survive and how to stop himself from going crazy uh, and as you know adventurous things happen he's a bit of a Robinson Crusoe type twist really that he's left alone on this planet and they're trying to come back and get him and those that do come back to get him include Jessica Chastain uh, Kristen Wiig Jeff Daniels Michael Pena Sean Bean I'd forgotten was involved in this from from the ground crew side Kate Mara's in it um, I mean I could go on there's quite a few mm. uh, people who get a mention it's got a good impressive cast yeah. Chiwetel Ejiofor is yes. in there as well I'm glad you pronounced that because I always get it wrong yeah <laughs> sober or not <laughs> but uh, yeah okay. uh, but it's a really good movie some fabulous performances from all the aforementioned and Matt Damon dominating the movie he's very very good in it and I believe that yeah. um, producer Sam who who does the film guide on other weeks who is by day a space doctor she's got a PhD in spacey stuff ah. and uh, and I believe that she highly praised the scientific accuracy of so this movie She's a space doctor. Is there many patients involved in that? You know, does she have a lot of demand when she's up in space? Galaxy's worth. Oh, galaxy's worth. I never yeah. thought of that. Yeah. yeah. Although, whenever me. you ask her any sciencey questions, it's always that's not her brand of science. Oh, I see. Yeah. I think that's what they teach you at like yeah. science doctor school. Yeah, that's the, yeah. the phrase you come out with each time. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, anyway, that's uh, the Martian, six fifteen p.m. on Film Four, Tuesday the fifth of July. Let's move to Wednesday the sixth of July, and again on Film Four, eleven twenty-five p.m. Train spotting. Now this is this is too good, this one, but it won't be forgotten because everybody knows train spotting, don't they? It was a very black comedy drama film, very dark. <coughs> Excuse me, directed by Danny Boyle. Oh, he's choking on the title. Uh, back in 1996, uh, the, the cast names for this trip off the tongue because they're kind of synonymous with one another. And there was even a sequel um, years later. Ewan McGregor. Five years ago now, that sequel. Wow, even that. So, gosh, the time is flying, isn't it? You know. But uh, Ewan McGregor, the other Ewan, Ewan Bremner, Johnny Lee Miller, Kevin McKidd, Robert Carlyle, and of course Kelly MacDonald in a debut. Mm. And she's gone on to do great, uh, great movies. Um, it's based on the novel by Irvine Welsh. Very dark look at the reality um, of drugs, um, drug use, heroin addiction. There's funny moments in it as well, which is, in fact, a lot of it is comedic, but a lot of it is very grim too. So, you know, you've got to settle, settle yourself down for a fairly disturbing 
film if you've never seen it, but by God, it's good. I thought Robert Carlyle was, was absolutely chilling yeah, in his Begbie. part. God, he looked, oh, absolutely. It's a role that he totally made his own. And he's, I think more than any other part he ever played, he's, he's noted for Begbie, isn't he? And uh, people stop him in the street and talk to him about it, which yeah. is quite brave of them, really. Well, yeah. Um, <clears throat> now, uh, some people, well, I would imagine most people don't know this, but an earlier film with Danny Boyle, Shallow Grave. Yeah, I love Shallow is, Grave. Is yeah. connected to this. Ewan McGregor's in it as well. Well, and it's, the not, drug, the it's not just that. It's um, Keith Allen plays the same character in both. Ah, I didn't realise he was meant to be the same character, but I know who you mean. So he buys drugs off the guys in Trainspotting. And prior to that, there's a man played by Keith Allen who brings a suitcase full of drugs to Shallow Grave and he, and he dies of, well, I suppose not natural causes, but he just dies, doesn't he? He's not killed. And they inherit, in a way, the money and the drugs. Yeah, and, and I think <clears throat> that the, the idea is, is that it's set... Um, it's... Is it the same universe in a way? It's the same universe, but I think <coughs> that Train Spotting comes first, even though the film came out afterwards. Ah. But but yeah, it's it's a very very. I never subtle, thought of that. It's very interesting. It's a very yeah. subtle thing, but I, I read somewhere in it that Danny Boyle said, and he said, "Yes, it is. The they are guy. connected." Wow. Um, but he was, he was quite good in that role. Keith Allen is the drug dealer who buys the drugs from the the gang in Train Spotting, and they they start to demand money. You know, the, the price goes up, and he just kind of goes. I'm sorry, but I couldn't possibly do that. He's very calm and uh, very gentlemanly for a drug dealer. Mm. And uh, yeah, so yeah, a very impactful film as well. Uh, very much captured the zeitgeist of the era. Yeah, he did. I mean, D- Danny Boyle is showing his potential back then with both those movies. They're really good movies. Mm. And that's uh, Train Spotting, the original one, uh, 11.25pm on Film 4, Wednesday the 6th of July. Let's move to our final movie of the week, as chosen by uh, highly, very highly acclaimed local author Howard Linsky. Extremely very highly acclaimed. I yeah. think we could go for next, you know. I think so. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and it's his final film of the week, 10pm on ITV4, Aliens. Aliens. One of those rare sequels that lives up to the original, even though it's quite different to Alien in sort of style. Um, written and directed by James Cameron, the Terminator dude, uh, and he takes he, he um, carries on from the point where Ridley Scott's movie uh, finishes. Uh, Sigourney Weaver plays Alan Ripley again, and uh, has to go back to uh, what I was going to say, face her demons, but face her aliens. It's the second film in quite a long-running franchise now, but it is very, very good. Um, and James Cameron. Uh, involved Michael Bean, who was the guy in the original Terminator movies, you know, come, mm. with, come with me if you want to live and all that. So uh, he plays um, a guy in uh, the Marines, and they they initially pour scorn on the idea of, well, we're just going on a bug hunt, you know, another bug hunt. We do this all the time. And Ellen Ripley's kind of trying to warn these naive soldiers that they're up against something quite uh, brutal and, uh, you know, immovable and difficult to uh, con- conquer. And there's a clue in the title because it's not just one alien, it's lots of aliens. And that makes it, uh, you know, uh, well, even more uh, scary. Uh, Lance Henriksen's very good in there as the android. Um, and it's, yeah, it's just, it's one of those movies, well, I remember watching it in the cinema ages ago, well, 1986, God. Uh, but it, the whole audience were just carried along by it. And there's a character called Newt, a little girl called Newt. And at one point she falls through... Uh, the the floor actually into another level and just they try and grab her and she disappears and I remember a woman in the audience going oh no <laughs> and nobody even batted an eyelid they just were so into what was going on on the screen they were like yeah okay and I looked around nobody nobody else had reacted you know and I shouted oh no at the top of her voice it's I mean, a very good film Aliens is is one of those movies that is often cited whenever people are trying to make an argument for why sometimes sequels aren't 
worse than the originals why sometimes yeah. they can they can <clears throat> equal the original yes, maybe even better yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah and and I, I don't know if i would go so far as to say that this was better than I the original think, but i think it was certainly as good as yes it is i agree with you and I, i'm i'm wary of saying it was better because i think they're two very different movies i mean well, the different genres. alien is a, a a slow burn thing it's almost you know like um, well, would you not say that Alien was a space horror and Aliens is a space action movie? I guess so, yes. I mean, I tend not to think of categorising stuff, but you're right, it is. And um, I think there's a different level of suspense involved. You know, well, really well Alien was all you know, slow, purposeful. Yeah. It was claustrophobic. It had lots of jump, really good, genuine jump scares in it. Yeah. Uh, Aliens was, was gung-ho, you know, lots and lots of, of, of sort of machine gun fire and... You know, yeah. the, 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 you you didn't fit, get the feeling of claustrophobia. You did not get the no, feeling no, of the, no. that she was all on her own it against big insurmountable odds. You know, big budget as well. Yeah. Um, but no, it was such an impressive movie. And uh, I've also seen um, Alien described as a movie where no one listens to the wise woman with the cat and they all die. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> that was quite a good synopsis. Yeah, <laughs> but but not not quite in Aliens because they didn't all die. You know, no. So slight spoiler for the first um, one that she she and the cat. The well, also without spoiling it too much because I'm not necessarily going to mention names. But what really bugged me was Alien Three when it starts with characters who survived Alien Two dead. Yeah, you know they've died in a crash and it was the most grim movie. Well, it was a, uh, it, David Fincher, wasn't it? Yeah, and, uh, but it was. A, I, I don't think he wanted to make it like that necessarily. But at the time, I was I was almost a betrayal. I, well, I felt it was a very for cheap characters. way of of disposing of actors that you don't you can't really afford to have in your next movie. Yes. You, you know, they, they all died off screen, which was really yeah, convenient, wasn't even, it? Even more annoying. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. No, I mean, certainly the you know, Aliens is a great example of a sequel. Alien Three is a really so. bad example of a sequel. Yeah, yeah. and, and yeah. as for Alien Resurrection, I'm surprised yeah. they've ever did any more after that. Yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't mind Alien Resurrection, but I think my expectations were so low after Alien Three. Did you know who uh, wrote Alien Resurrection? Um, I thought it was uh, the French directors who got involved in it, Jeanne and Carol, but I'm not sure who wrote it. Uh, Joss Whedon. Oh, oh, okay. And it's yeah. a template for if you've ever watched his series um, Firefly. Or right. the, uh, I know Firefly, but I've not watched it. Yeah. All of the characters are the characters of Firefly with different names, ah. and and he said in an interview that he felt that they filmed they filmed his script all wrong that it was all supposed to be ironic and tongue-in-cheek, but they all did it very stoic and serious. And, uh, okay. and so the humour was lost. And he said that he wrote what he thought was a funny script. And when you oh, watch right. it with that in mind, yeah. you can see that, oh, that's how he so chose it. So could have gone down a different route. With yeah, a yeah, with the same dialogue, oh, but just delivered differently. Ah. Um, you know, where they're being ironic well, and you sarcastic. Know, the directors were French. Well, what know, are Not they noted for their sense of humour, necessarily. Oh, That'll yeah. start World War Three, won't it? I'm joking. <laughs> I don't think we reached that far. But uh, no, no let's... Oh, well, there'll be there'll be uh, demonstrations in Paris when they hear this. Yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah, the, the French outside will, the UK embassy, the French will the be British revolting. Embassy. Yeah, yeah. Um, again. <laughs> anyway, let's not bash them anymore. Uh, Aliens is uh, the final film choice of the week of the ones that are coming up on TV over the next seven days. Aliens is on 10 p.m. on ITV4 on Thursday, the 7th of July. Um, if you had to choose one of those films to be your film of the week, which one would it be? Oh, well, quite obviously, there can only be one winner, can't there? Sirens. <laughs> Check out Sirens. I really like Sirens. If I hadn't said what I'd said, <laughs> it would have absolutely been Do you know what? I Dunkirk. probably would have still gone for Sirens. Really? You know, I mean, well, we'll never know. What a fabulous cast and how little they were. So, you know, well, what can I say? But no, it's, it is really, all jokes aside, it's very well written, very well acted. Good fun. 
And uh, as long as you don't mind a bit of nudity, you'll uh, you'll enjoy Sirens. Okay, well, thank you, Howard Linsky, uh, for your um, assistance with... Uh, I think it's ramblings. Well, yeah. <laughs> no, with your assistance helping us to navigate the stormy waters of what films to watch. You know, you, you, you've You're done very us proud welcome. once again. Next week on the Film Guide, it is the return of uh, Chris Aikman and producer Sam in the hot seats. And then the week after, uh, Max Hartington will be back as well. Uh, we'll be back with Howard doing this probably around about the same time next month so in the meantime Howard take it easy thanks mate